Hey everybody, welcome back to Rock and Roll With It podcast. I am Lacey and we are here with my dear friend Sophia. Sophia, how are you doing? (laughs) I am all right, which is a thing that we all say to distract from the fact that everything hurts and I'm dying. But (laughs) yeah, I'm here! (laughs) (laughs) So before we get started... Um, I think we need to talk about the elephant in the room, and I mean, they don't know, but we know, so we're just going to go ahead and air it out because those are the type of people that we are. They don't know, but we know. Now Ooh. they're going to know. Right. We got to let Very you friends. in. <laughs> we're, we're, you're in the circle. We're bringing you in. Uh, this is the second time we have <laughs> recorded, attempted to record, because we're not done yet, so I don't know. Um <laughs> We've already done this podcast. Uh, I uh, yeah. had some sort of error on my end, and my audio did not go through. It didn't record. It disappeared into the interwebs. The I don't even know. It's in the cloud. It's not even in the cloud because I think you can. <laughs> I think you can get stuff out of the cloud. That's true. I think the cloud is somewhat retrievable. Yeah, yeah. So um, we're doing this again. And uh, <laughs> that's just uh, that's that's who we are. We don't we don't do things right. We don't do them the easy way. Uh, but we don't quit. And here we are again. Like we could have just been like, you know, we're not going to do it. But could we're doing you it. imagine we're doing it for you we guys? All of that work into the first podcast, which was so challenging to try to explain things and have a show right we put Mm -hmm. it out there and we're like guys listen to it and then they did and then and they and they liked it and they're like when's your next podcast and we're like it's coming because not only we were waiting we had to wait because Corey, my lovely husband is basically like the producer of this thing that we're mashing together and he's been on a tdy he's been gone um so tdy a little jargon, guys. I realized that we didn't cl- specify everything. TDY oh. is um, temporary duty, so that means he like went somewhere else. So go ahead, Lacey. Sorry yeah, to interrupt. Yeah. No, no, no. You're, we you're promised totally... we were going to do that, and yeah, we didn't last you're t- time. <laughs> yeah, you're totally right. He went TDY, temporary duty. He went to do his job somewhere else, basically. Um, mm-hmm. So he wasn't able to get the audio or anything, so we already knew we were going to be a little delayed, which was okay, because yeah. that's real life. And then... He went yeah. to like pull all the stuff and he was like, Sophia sounds great. Um, yours is gone. And <laughs> I was like, uh, excuse me? Like what? <laughs> yeah, okay, hold on. We did like an hour and a half of talking and you're telling me that it's no good? Coca Cola, uh, I'm just gonna pass out. So defeating. Um So yeah, okay, and here we are. We're trying this again. I do have the most funny thing to tell you right now. Because you said something that Nick says all the time, where you said, "I'm do we're doing it for you." So, do you remember uh, the Goof Troop movie? Yes. From okay, so we play it all the time at our house because uh, of who Nick is as a father, and <laughs> Nico calls it Max movie. Aww, it's so funny. Anyway, every single time. <laughs> Whatever that character's name is, Nick calls him Polly Shore because that's who he is in real life. <laughs> yeah. He welds. And we literally just watched it tonight. And he says this thing. And Nick says it every single time the house gets too intense. Or like the kids are starting to like climb the walls. He goes, hey, 
I don't need your attitude. I'm doing this for you. (laughs) (laughs) So go watch that clip. And imagine my husband, like, there saying the same stuff as my kids scream and become demons over not getting their stuff faster because toddlers, like, they start to climb the walls on you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But he does that. He literally just said that. I don't do, I don't, I'm doing this for you. I love it. (laughs) Oh, man. Speaking of Nick, I think this is a good time to, um... (laughs) Uh, kind of roast them. I mean, not roast them, but, you know, give them a little. Hey, some things are better roasted. Yeah, yeah. He wants a shout out. So let's let's give it to him. That's true. So we did mention that if you were to participate on our socials that you would get a shout out. And I am busy. <laughs> I have two <laughs> small children. <laughs> and Nick is so invested in this podcast that anytime he thinks about something, he's like, oh, hey, babe. And I'm like, just send me a message so that it'll be there, you know, like the equivalent of like, leave me a note, you know? And so he's blowing up our Instagram in the comments, in the messages. And now he's sending them directly to Lacey because he thinks full on harassment. He thinks I'm going to blow him off and it's adorable. And I love him the most. So here is the official shout out for the man that carries the Instagram handle Space Force Raw. And if you guys head over to the Instagram, you can see a picture of my husband uh, as a little boy when he attended space camp. And it does not disappoint because he has ginger <laughs> hair and a step cut. And it is very funny because he's a, like a good looking dude. But when he talks about himself as a kid, he's like, Sylvester men are hideous. Thank you for having a beautiful Gabe because Sylvester men were hideous before him. His dad says the same thing. Like, they all say that. But then they say, like, 16, 16, 17, they look like men and they hit their strides. Mm, I love a ginger. But to be real, though, he's right. Like, he doesn't look anything like he did. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't marry that guy. I married the guy who looked like a dude. For (laughs) real. Because there have been... A missed opportunity <laughs> because he looks nothing like that but yeah. go check space force raw first of all it's such a treat mm. he looks adorable yeah. nick we love you the most number one fan besides Corey, who's actually doing a lot of the work <laughs> it's true it's true nick is doing a lot this. of work Nick yeah. is like supportive and he's like, yay, cheerleader. And then Corey gets this pile of. He's also blah. harassing a lot of people, though, about our uh, podcast. Yeah. He and is. like shoving it down people's throats. That's great. That's great. He is really waterboarding his um, colleagues with this podcast, Pro- but product, I'm okay with it. Product placement. It's good. It's good. <laughs> I'm here for it's so it. Sweet. <laughs> oh, man. All right, guys. So let's jump into OMG, that's so meme. We have two this week because we could not decide (laughs) and because this we can do whatever we want yeah it's our show our rules you're not our real dad okay (laughs) so Lacey picked one um go ahead and tell them about it Lacey oh I will thank you um so (laughs) 
My meme that I picked is of Ricky Bobby, and that's from Talladega Nights, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people are familiar with it because it's amazing, but if not, (laughs) that's cool. It's Will Ferrell when he's doing the interview, and he doesn't know what to do with his hands, and it says, I'm new here, and it's so perfect because as a new military spouse, you just don't know what to do. But you're trying. And so that meme just kind of like resonated with me because I'm new. I don't know what to do, but I'm trying. You know, I'm like, give me some credit. Cut me some slack here. I'm working on it. Yeah. (laughs) And I have one uh, from Joe Dirt. And I don't know if everyone has seen this movie, but you should because it's hilarious. And it gets better the more you watch it. Um, but it's a picture of him with the iconic sideburns and his hideous hair. And, um, it says, I'm new. I don't know what to do. And that is exactly how I feel going into every scenario. Um, even when I'm the most prepared. Yeah. Like (laughs) to articulate how I feel, um, we've already done this show before. And I'm a very organized person and I have show notes that I do for us and I set them aside and I still am nervous right now, because even though I've already done this. I know. That's true. We've done this twice. I don't think I'll ever not be nervous, though. It's a bit of that performance anxiety. Like, I'm, I'm so, so, almost, it's so sweaty in here. And, it's also in a closet with no also, ventilation. Also, there's no air. Yeah. yeah. But we have gotten some lovely feedback from people uh, that have said that they feel like they're sitting on our couch with us, which is honestly the greatest the greatest news of all because that's all we wanted to do was reconnect with uh friends that we've had and also connect with new ones too yeah absolutely and you know just give people that like space to laugh and that connection (laughs) and I mean I think we're funny is that like an overconfident thing to say like (laughs) You're gonna laugh. First of all, we may think that we are funny, but that's not an objective thing. (laughs) First of all, we only have facts on this podcast. Like on the internet, there are only facts. Yeah. And they're all 100% accurate, just so you know. (laughs) Unlike us. No need to fact check because we're legit. This is bad. Oh, oh my gosh. Man. We're going off on a tangent. We're getting lost. We're lost in the sauce. We're lost in the woods. I'm going to reel us back in. Okay. <laughs> Corey's so going to need gonna... help. Yeah. So we're talking today about what it's like coming into the military as a spouse, like how learning to assimilate to the lifestyle and just like the things that you never thought that you would ever have to think about, especially as a civilian coming into this life, you're like, there's a lot of jarring things and a lot of overwhelming things that you kind of need to learn so that you can be like aware of your surroundings and you can know what people are talking about. Otherwise you're lost. Yeah. It's kind of like we had mentioned in the last podcast, I think I called uh, new spouses fresh baby spouses. <laughs> and um, uh, I believe that that's accurate because when you get married and you eventually come onto this side of the gate, 
it's like you're being born into this life. It is like you're having a new baby experience. There are different sounds that you have to get used to, different things that you'll see all the time and how to classify those things. Mm-hmm. You'll have to navigate different sensory feelings in general because you're um, more than likely your location has changed. Yeah. Which brings with it an entire different set of adjustments that you'll need to attend to. Um, right. And that's just, we're going to kind of just touch on our first bases um, and what it was like for us and then hopefully be able to paint a picture for everyone about um, what you may be expecting or if you're a new spouse or what you may be expecting um, if you are sending your spouse or your child or a family member to go get married and what that may look like um for them as well, because that's, I think, a huge challenge if you're not mm. really sure what to expect or how to reach out to a friend that just got married, because you may feel like you've lost them, but they're really just trying. Right, exactly. Or if you've gone through this, you can relate. You know, you can be like, yeah. oh, yeah, I remember going through yeah. that. Or you have like something kind of embarrassing that you've accidentally done that was just like, uh, it just kind of sticks with you, you know? Forever. Yeah, you'll never forget some of those times that you just stepped in it. Yeah, that's perfect. (laughs) So let's let's get to know each other a little bit better um, because there are some things that we just don't really know about one another. Even though we've been friends for a really long time, we're still discovering new things about each other as we like delve into the earlier parts of our marriage. Right. So we did learn some new new things about each other the first time. (laughs) Um, So let's recap on that. Lacey, when and where did you get married? So I got married in October of 2008 in my hometown in Springfield, Missouri. And at that time, I was a young baby. I'm not young, but I was 22 years old. So kind of young but I thought I mean obviously I thought it was the right age because I got married (laughs) you're older than me shoot how old were you I was 19 oh super fresh um yeah honestly I obviously had everything figured out I was very very settled (laughs) in my life (laughs) at 19 but I also got married in 2008 um ooh but in November, and oh. we got married in, uh, well, we're from Southern California, but we got married in L.A. So if you're um, familiar with Los Angeles County, we actually got married in Northridge. Um, but for everybody else, we got married in L.A. Mm. Um, so it's also super common for people in our community to get married twice. <laughs> like, um, I got married... In April of 2008, and then, like, in the eyes of Virginia, and then we got married religiously on November 22nd of 2008. So, if you know people that are doing that, that's also very normal. Um, It's typically so that you can get your benefits sooner and line yourself up to get on base for housing. At least that's what it was for us. Yeah, see, I have no experience with that because Corey and I were married before he joined the military. Um, And honestly, I can't ever recall having any kind of conversation where I talked to somebody who had done what you guys did. But I mean, it makes sense because you have to procure housing and stuff like that before you make a move. And 
as a single airman, when you move, you get put in the dorms and you can't bring a significant other into the dorm. So you kind of need to make sure that you have those things taken care of prior. Otherwise, it's going to make life a lot harder if you try and do it after the fact. That's true. Yeah. Well, you could just honestly screw yourself out of it altogether. Really? Yeah, because you may not even be able to get where you need to go if you're not married. You know, you can't get medical. You can't get anything. Mm, That's very true. Yeah, good point. It's so crazy to think about it like that because my experience was completely different. Like, Like I said, we were married before Corey joined the military. And then shortly after getting married, he lost his job and was like, uh, I have no education. I have no training. Uh, like I have nothing. What do I do? And then that's when he started looking at the military. And then we kind of did that whole thing together. Yeah, it's different, definitely, because we had a situation where, I mean, I already had health care and everything, but I needed to, I was joining him. We weren't doing it together. You know what I mean? So it, it changes things that way. But right. it's also been kind of funny because um, there have been people that I've talked to or have talked to me about certain things and they've said things like, oh, yeah, well, she lives on base with her fiancé and then they're going to get married. And I was like, mm-hmm. Huh? How? And you just kind of smile. And I was like, okay. And my mom has even talked to me about it before. We're like, so-and-so, she moved out there and they're just together. And I was like, mom, they're married and they didn't tell <laughs> anybody. And she's like, they're not married. And I was like, Yes. Uh huh. Yes, they are. Secrets, secrets. <laughs> you can't see my hands right now, but yes, they are. They're married. <laughs> like there's absolutely no other way around it. You you have to be married, and you have to be, um, on orders in order for this to happen. And and that's the key. You have to get on their orders, and you can't get on your spouse's orders unless you're considered a legal dependent, and that's not going to happen unless you're married. So it's a way of keeping everything organized. Yeah. Yeah. It, you, it, they go hand in hand. They, yeah. That's just the way it is. So it's super common for people to have like two dates. You have like a civil ceremony and then you have a religious one or your personal one or your family one or whatever. Like you got married and then you have a wedding. So I actually don't remember. The only reason I remember the 22nd is because we got married on 1122 because Nick and I don't remember this stuff. And I have to, <laughs> people ask when I got married uh, and I'm like, I don't even know. I have to look on the back of my ID card for benefit start date. <laughs> like, I don't know. Oh my god! I know it was that's... April, but that's, that's enough. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> and Nick and I will argue and he's like, it's this. And I was like, I don't, I'm sure. See, I didn't even, I didn't even know that there was a start date of benefits on yeah. the back of your ID card. Yeah. Like your totally clueless. If you yeah, look at the I back of it, that. it's your wedding date. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. You learn something new every day. You do. Yay. So how long did you and Corey date before you got married? We dated for about three years, and then we got married. And we've been married, like, what, almost 11 years this year? So we've been together gonna, for... I was literally yeah. just going to say, how would I know? But you just don't... No. <laughs> Wait, I can't math. And also, we've been married the exact same amount <laughs> same of years. Same time, yeah. <laughs> Carry the one. <laughs> I Now everyone knows for real, though, that I have to look at my benefits start date, and I'm not trying to be, like, above my marriage. I just don't know... <laughs> 
It's hilarious. So you joined Nick. I did. After he went through basic and all that, right? Yeah. So it's a little different when you go through the honor guard from what I understand because he's gone through two tech schools um, and tech schools are where you learn your job so for everyone that's not familiar you go to your basic training and then you go to your tech school or if you're in army in the army in army good god in the army it's called (laughs) AIT so it's basically your training and then once you get to your job you have what's called OJT which are which is on the job training so in the honor guard, when um, Nick was stationed in D.C., your tech school was on site. So he never really went anywhere else. He just went from basic to bowling and then did his tech school there. And then I met him up with him like, oh, gosh, a few years later, because we dated for two and a half years when I was okay. still in L.A. and he was in D.C. Oh, my gosh. That is like as long of a distance relationship in the U.S. that you could possibly have. <laughs> Unless I was in Hawaii. <laughs> Trying right. to prove a point. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Two years, yeah. two and a half years in a long distance relationship? Yeah, to include our engagement. Yeah. Which wow. we don't know when we got engaged either. We ask people constantly in our family. We're like, you were there. Do you remember? And they're like, I don't know. <laughs> I only I remember know. when we got engaged because my... So it was more romantic when Corey asked my dad for my hand in marriage than when Corey actually asked me to marry him. Oh, it was the 4th of July weekend and my we were at my parents' house and he took my dad outside and they were doing like some community fireworks. Okay. So he asked my dad <laughs> for my hand in marriage outside underneath fireworks. Of course he did. And then he went home that night and asked me to marry him by hiding fake box rings all over the house. Like, they're not fake box rings. They were real boxes, but none yeah, of them yeah, had rings yeah, in yeah. them except for one. Yeah, we played, like, hot and cold. Decoy boxes. Yeah, yeah. And um, so it was over the 4th of July weekend. So that's the only reason why I can remember when we got engaged is because of those little I know we got details. engaged in December, <laughs> and I know it was by... Like, around Christmas, because Christmas Eve, um, he asked me again, which sounds funny. Okay, so now I have to tell you about my engagement story. <laughs> um, since we lived so far away for so long, I always told Nick that I would uh, like a stalker. Because if I had a stalker, at least I could share my life with someone. <laughs> he didn't appreciate that. And um, <laughs> he really didn't appreciate that. And um, when... He proposed to me. He had all these like very creepy notes and they were all around my house. Like because I was living with my Nana at the time. They were like on the front door and they were clues. And then I went on a scavenger hunt. It was timed all around our hometown. And he like involved so many people from um, our childhoods to hand mm-hmm. me clues. And so if I got the answer, I would get where I needed to go. And then at the right time, someone would give me the other envelope. Oh, that's fun. So I went all the way around. And um, eventually he was there at the place we had our first date. And he proposed to me. And my very dear friend Ashley was in the bushes and got some pictures. <laughs> and she was so cute. And um, he gave me this ring. And I loved it. Like, I was like, okay, great, whatever. You know, I had no thought about it. And then uh, we were at church. 
a few days later and someone was like, one of my friend's moms said something like, oh, did you get it fixed? And I, did you get the other ring? And I was like, there's another ring. Oh, and Nick wait. was like, Nick was like in a karate chopper. And then uh, Christmas Eve rolls around and my whole family's there for, because we have a big Christmas Eve party because uh, we have tamales and everything on Christmas Eve. And I mm. have a Latin Nana. So she does it upright. And so we were there and... um. He gets down on one knee and he gives me this other ring. And I blurt it out in front of everyone, which is, which is so me. I was like, oh, my God, I love this one. And it's so much bigger. <laughs> but the funny thing about it, you guys, is it's just a band. It's not. There's no single stone. My engagement ring is this gorgeous, pristine band that just has a bunch of teeny tiny diamonds. I don't even want to say teeny, teeny, tiny because they're not, but they're like perfect I love that it was so simple and understated but I love the most about it is that it was bigger because it had a band on the inside to keep your finger from getting like caught like it's Mm. comfortable so I wasn't just saying like sure (laughs) like oh my gosh hey girl we all know that I got upgraded I upgraded myself later on when I got hit by that car (laughs) so treat yourself (laughs) It was so romantic. Oh, my gosh. So that was my engagement story, which is super funny because we did not talk about this the first time. So we're having a whole new podcast. (laughs) Right. We say it's the second time around, but really. It's kind of, but not really, actually. Yeah. yeah. So I said that our first duty station was um, at bowling, which is very sad because it was the second um, Air Force Base ever. And now it is Joint Base Anacostia, which is a bummer because now the Navy owns it or runs oh, it or I didn't something. That. It's a bummer. Especially because yeah. if anyone that's been there, there's this like a very clear difference when you're on the Air Force side versus the Navy side because mm. the Navy side smells and also it's run down so (laughs) we gave it over to them and now we're just like great i'm really glad that we have all this heritage that we're just gonna yeah here it's broken you can have it like it's fine (laughs) everyone like the sec def and everyone come over all the time it's fine just have it but that's where we were so where were and your guys's first duty station was our our first duty station was at travis in fairfield california northern california um, it's kind of the best way I always try to tell people is it's smack dab between Sacramento and San Francisco. So it's not like super weird Northern, but it's yeah. like, it's like the good Northern part of California. I would agree with that. And I also try to throw people, um, another information or a piece of it when I say, and it's 30 minutes from Napa for whatever reason that really oh, like yeah. helps people ground it, even though I'm yeah. not sure many people have been to Napa. So yeah, <laughs> I've never, I'm, I'm not a wine person. And so Napa is like, Oh, California. I wouldn't, I wouldn't make the connection, but I think everyone knows San Francisco. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So when did you guys report to Travis? So we, I don't remember the exact date, but our report no later than time frame that I can remember was January of 2010. Okay. See, and we got there um, in 2008. Well, I got there in 2008. Okay. So how long has Nick been in the military? He just hit 14. Oh my gosh. This month. Yeah. I'm so jealous. Corey joined 
very late. This was before the cutoff mm-hmm. age was moved up. I think it's like what thirty four now or something crazy. But oh, it used geez. to be twenty. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm nuts. only thirty one. I can't even. Oh my gosh, I I'm know, not thirty one. Right? I'm only thirty. What's wrong with me? <laughs> Can you imagine being like thirty four no. or thirty five and going with a bunch of eighteen year olds to? No, I can't. Because I don't like, even know yeah. if they'll allow that much Motrin in a person. <laughs> I don't think that that's right. safe. <laughs> anyway, he shipped off to basic right before the cutoff back in the day, which I think was like 27. <laughs> and so he joined late and we still have 10 years before he can hit retirement. He's only been in 10 years. So it's like, I sometimes forget that, like, even though I might be the same age as someone that they have more than likely been a part of the military life longer than we have because of when Corey joined. Yeah. See, and Nick enlisted at 17 but he had to go oh, through wow. the, yeah he had to go through the dep program so oh, yeah. which is delay entry program so he was depped in when his parents were still living in Colorado but he mm. shipped out through um Los Angeles MEPS oh okay and forgive me i don't know what MEPS are but MEPS is basically where they just ship medical examine nation it's so, it's where they go make personnel sure that, services like, you're- <laughs> It's you go. Corey explains it like you go and the doctor looks at your butthole and it's true. It's (laughs) you turn your head and cough and they check your vision and they're like, "Cool, you're good to go." Exactly. So he shipped out of LA Meps. Um. So he he had to wait two years. Um. For everything to work out. Yeah, it was pretty excruciating. He kept getting kind of pushed around, which is something that can happen a lot in the Air Force because. It is um, such a small service compared to the um, Army or the Navy. And mm-hmm. they the process can be excruciating when trying to get in where you want. So it can be a really um, gnarly waiting game. So when you first come into the military lifestyle, mm-hmm. it's a really jarring experience Coming yeah. from a civilian state to that military state, especially like when you're on base and people are throwing acronyms at you and yeah, you yeah, yeah. see people with different uniforms and everything. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, my gosh, do I salute? Like, I don't. How do I even <laughs> salute? Like, I don't know <laughs> what to do. There's this big voice coming over the speaker. Uh-huh. Uh, like someone help me navigate all this. So it's there's just system overload. Yeah, it, it's insane. So what were some of the things that you remember kind of being like, whoa, this is different. Like, what I'm not kind in of Kansas things... anymore, yeah. Yeah, what kind of things shocked your system? So honestly, I will say that I was pretty indoctrinated from the beginning because my dad was in the Army. I didn't live with my dad growing up, but I did travel a lot with him, and so I was dragged all over. Um, <clears throat> there are a lot of pictures from my childhood of my brother and I in, like, helicopters or in fighter Aww. jets and stuff like that like yeah like doing hood rat stuff with your friends bringing your kids yeah. along, throw them in tanks they'll be fine um and so a lot of it wasn't necessarily jarring a lot of it was nostalgic for me but okay. moving to dc in general was raw because i do not jam with the east coast i just mm. i don't like it's very hard for me. I don't understand how everyone is so cranky. Probably because there's no vitamin D here. <laughs> but um, it's not easy to go through that. But there are things that um, that place is loud. It's just oh, loud yeah. all of the time. It's 
so noisy. Um, so that was a little weird. Um, there are helipads like directly in front of where I was living. And I want to say like maybe a quarter mile at most. Oh my gosh. And so yeah, there were times where it was very funny to where I would be walking to work um, and you have to stop and it was a bunch of people that you can tell they just don't exist. And they would mm. jump off of the helicopter to go grab a beer at the shopette and <sighs> they would hop back on and then disappear. <laughs> and oh so my gosh. the jet noise, um, they had a lot of flyovers from Andrews so there's just it's just a noisy place and so coming from where I was living like in the middle of the desert Mm -hmm. that was a little bit hard especially to try to fall asleep but there were jet noise and helicopter noise but I I freaking love it I mean I really did love it I still love it that's one of the best things that just never get old here um there's a flight line here and you drive beneath it like Mm. right underneath their flight pattern and so there are plenty of times where you're driving and there is uh, an Airbus that just lands right over you, shakes your car. Yeah. And it just yeah. never changes. But I could be having yeah. the worst possible day, which happens very often. And I look up <laughs> and Nico will say, like, that's my daddy's plane. And Aww. it just never gets old. I'll be yeah. old and gray and love that. Absolutely yeah, that- love it. Yeah, the jet sounds and the the hustle and bustle of like just the flight line in general is something that at first is like, oh my gosh, this is annoying, especially when you're in a place with like fighter jets and you're outside trying to have a conversation and you have to stop (laughs) because it is so loud that you can't even hear or feel yourself talking anymore. No. But at the same time, it's like now that I've acclimated to it, like I really miss it and I like it. Well... We don't have fighters here. Um, we just don't. But in Japan, we did. And so the kids and I would, like, go sit on the seawall right along the ocean and just watch them do touch and goes. And it was amazing. Yeah. And now we have the big old bomber planes here. And they're mm-hmm. just big. And they're loud. But it's, like, it's just a different pace for sure. Yeah. I really, I really love that. But there are some other things that were I was not ready for, like, um, like all of the songs that you're going to have to acclimate to that mark the day like Mm. Reveille to the colors anthem and taps those are the ones that are going to run all the time off of a gigantic intercom system I guess if you will but it's one way so it's just like an announcement like if you were in school um but it's called the giant voice and that was something I didn't know about and so it was something I had to really start to watch for because there are certain customs that you have to follow customs and courtesies that you have to follow when these things go off. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, when they play, um, help me here. Reveille. Retreat. No. Oh, Reveille no. Yes. Yeah. Reveille first thing. Yeah. Reveille's first thing in the morning and you don't have to do anything about that, but when they play, what is it that they play? Oh, my gosh, my brain. They do Reveille to the Colors. They play Retreat, the Anthem, and Taps. Retreat. Yes, yes. Retreat is at the end of the day where you oh, have yeah, to. Oh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then, then they play um, the National Anthem. And when the mm-hmm. National Anthem is played, it's almost always at the end of the duty day, so 435, yeah. depending on where you're at. But when that song comes on, you have to stop what you're doing. Like, mm-hmm. you have to stop driving your car. You have to... If you're walking from a store, like from the commissary to your 
car and it comes on you have to stop in your tracks and if you're in uniform you have to salute so like you could be driving around and everybody's stopping and you're like what in the heck is going on like yeah I don't understand so you have to like learn and adapt and even like it's so cute you'll see little kids out on base (laughs) like holding their little hands on their hearts trying their hardest to like stand still while they like shuffle their feet and stuff it's yeah. so cute. I it's love really it. sweet. The um, one thing to know, though, if you do hear retreat and you are a spouse and you are new, you do. I I know this probably is obvious, but you don't salute ever. Yes. Very <laughs> just, important. Just stop what you're doing and if try to face the base flag. If you don't know where that is, just stand and try to you'll you're really never <laughs> See, alone. So just do yeah. what everyone else is doing, but That's also exactly don't That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> Mimic your surroundings. <laughs> yeah, and if you're driving, just stop your car. Um yeah. but that was something I had to remember because it would change on bowling. Sometimes it was 4:30, sometimes it was 5. I, oh, I don't know why. It was very what? weird. It would change. Yeah, that's I, weird. I felt like it changed by season, but I could be completely wrong. Okay. But you would have to remember like to turn your radio down cuz you would start oh, yeah, rocking yeah. and then you're like why is everyone oh no, I drove through retreat yeah. and now I'm driving through the anthem. Oh my gosh, like it's yeah, so yeah. so bad. But one of my favorite stories was we were all at the park playing and mm-hmm. the anthem went off and our dear friend Kelsey uh her son Samuel would not stop and he was <laughs> running around and you can't chase them because you have to you can't go anywhere right you have yeah, to yeah. stand so we're all like dying respectfully hand over our heart while he is screaming the ABCs to the cadence of the national anthem Aww. while he is running around <laughs> like a lunatic <laughs> that's hilarious and it was the best thing ever it was the best thing ever it was so funny all the kids yeah. had full mutiny they looked just like a group of communists running around like damn the man I, i'm not gonna do this it yeah was so, i feel like so every funny. parent goes through something similar to that because i remember doing that in japan with gibson and he felt he eventually fell and like hurt himself or something oh, I don't know I can't remember but I was forced to go out and get him and Corey was so mad he's like you should have waited and I was like it was like I couldn't like whatever like come at me come get me arrest me take me to <laughs> jail me. I don't care you know what I mean it was a, a time when I had to move I understood where he was coming from but it was like in Okinawa on Kadena, there were certain parts of the base because that base is pretty widespread. Mm. There's certain parts that you couldn't hear. So what they yeah. would do is if someone heard it, like if you were on the part where you can't really hear, but if someone was aware and mm-hmm. listening, they would stop and they would put their hazards on. And I don't know if that's necessarily something that you have to do, mm-hmm. but on Kadena, people would do that to that's alert really nice. others that, yeah. Japan is just something special. You would, people would like let you merge over or if you would let them merge over while you were driving. Yeah. They would flash their hazards as a thank you. So they would turn it on and go blink, blink, blink. And that was their way of of saying thank you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Rather than everyone in America giving everyone the finger. Like come get it. Yeah. Or like they see your signal on and so they speed up so you can't get over. (laughs) (laughs) And then once you get in that lane, they move out of it. Yeah. They were never wanted to be there. They just didn't want you to have it. Yeah, yeah. Japan is just a whole nother level of amazingness. Oh, but so man. okay, for you, you had that personal experience with your dad being in yeah. the army, so it wasn't like a total shell shock of an experience no. for you. No. But for me, I had zero 
connection. I mean, yeah. my my grandpa and my great grandpa were in the Navy, but that was before I was even That's like so a far thing, removed. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like coming on base and like hearing people say things like commissary, I was like, uh, mm-hmm. what's a commissary? Or the shopette or mm-hmm. You know, go to the AFRC. And I was like, what's the AFRC? Like, someone help me out. Like, because they use so many acronyms and slang and terminology and all that. It's just like, oh, my gosh. So, like, AFRC, like I just said. Yeah, it really is. Um, AFRC is Airmen Family Readiness Center. And they have Mm -hmm. a lot of really great resources. But, you know, there's just uh, defect is dining facility. And so, like, you really do have to become fluent in acronyms yeah like it's it's nuts and then seeing people with their uniforms I remember Corey coming home and like practicing like quizzing me on how many stripes meant what because I I didn't know I couldn't and it's important because eventually those certain stripes your husband could be wearing them um, it could mean a supervisor level. It could be yeah. your husband's boss. It's helpful you know, to categorize and know how you're going to address people. And it's yeah. not common for spouses to have to address people by rank, but it is very important to know who you're talking to. You wouldn't right. want to just speak to somebody and say, oh, well, that person, you know, if you had an encounter with them and somebody needs to know who it is, you don't want to say, oh, well, that blonde Ashley over there. That's not helpful. Right. That's not helpful. You need to know no. exactly who they are and how they fit in. And also, it's helpful to know your surroundings. It's just as important for you to know how your life is going to work here on this side of the gate is how important it was for you to know how your life was going to work when it wasn't. You don't just don't want to know how to address your husband's coworkers. That's, you know, that's not good either. You just want to exactly. be able to socialize and not be such a separatist about everything, you know, and I'm not saying that, you know, Nick's life definitely isn't my life. And there are plenty of people that he works with that live in my neighborhood that I, that I have no idea and we can walk past them. And I do walk past them regularly because we just have a little Walmart over here that I go to Walmart and I see their uniforms and I know exactly who they are because I know where they work. Like I can read their uniforms, but they have no idea who I am because this is not a particularly tight knit unit. So it's just really good to know how, what your life is going to be like, because eventually those people are going to impact your life in one way or another, if they wear the same uniform as your spouse. Yeah, absolutely. And you just, you need to know your surroundings. Like I'm not saying you have to fully dive into the military lifestyle and and all that, but it's so helpful when your husband comes home and he's talking about something for you to know what he's talking about. You have to be able to track that, and it creates a really big strength within your marriage, in my opinion, if he can download some of this onto you without having to fill in every gap. And it also frees up a lot of time. Yeah. Because you're not having to double back to find out exactly what it is. You can just keep it moving, download it, and and go on with your life. You know, you're not having to sit there and try to decode everything. And I will say that that's one of the things that Nick always compliments me on. Um, It's very sweet. He'll say, like, I don't have to worry about that with my wife. Or my wife knows exactly what's going on. And it's a relief to him. It's such like a, I don't know how to describe it. The way he talks about it. To me, it just feels like something, you know, that comes naturally. 
But the mm-hmm. when when he talks about it, it's it's like a sense of pride and also a sense of like a lifted burden for him. Like, no, she gets yeah. it. You know, yeah. it's like he can talk to a friend about it instead of having to frame it. It creates a closeness that I didn't anticipate for him. It's yeah. very sweet though. I- he brings it up all the time. He's like, No, my wife knows. And I'm like, Oh gosh. Aww, okay. It is so very sweet. sweet. He is pretty good with the compliments sometimes. Other times Aww. he says things like, you smell nice. And I'm like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I look like a potato, but okay. <laughs> but I smell like a nice looking potato. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Goodness. But it's it's really helpful to make sure that you're on the same page. And that's just one of the ways to make sure it feels like you're going through this together. Yeah, absolutely. It, you know, and I've I've had my fair share of spouses that are like, I don't know. I don't know. You mm-hmm. know, and that's okay. But eventually, if you're in it long enough, like, you don't have to necessarily, like, seek it out either, yeah. you know? like I feel like we're in-betweeners. Yeah. The inf- yeah, the information will kind of come to you as you need it. And if you have questions, like, as it's coming, ask. Yeah. And it's not a bad idea to, like find a wingman <laughs> yeah, and like maybe a spouse that's been in, uh, her husband has been in just a little bit longer, kind of like a seasoned spouse. Yeah. Like, like your mentor ha- spouse. Yeah. Your mentor spouse. Like they can kind of help you, you know, take you under their little wing as a, as a fresh little baby spouse and kind of help you navigate everything. Yeah, totally. And especially at a cert- at your first base, it's helpful to find out. Mine was, her name was Gretchen. Um, her name is Gretchen. Why did I say that? She's very much alive. I'm so sorry, Gretchen. God rest her soul. I love her dearly. I just saw her a few months ago, actually. Um, And that's the best thing about it is those people that you make are friends for life. And I, the time that Gretchen and I had together was invaluable. She was my boss and she took me under her wing in every capacity. She took me on my first trip to Ikea stateside i went to an ikea in germany when i was a kid um when i was visiting but she took me as like you know when i could shop for my own house and it was amazing and she Mm -hmm. showed me the ropes where to drive where to shop you know what where was safe because in dc it's it's not so it was very helpful um to have that and now you know we still have such a deep friendship we loan each other books. She just sent my book back in the mail the other day. Like our kids are Aww. the same age. Like she is so awesome. And that's so important, guys. When you're looking for friends, which is another thing you're going to do, okay? Which I say with this tone of voice because it can be very, very hard. I don't normally give advice because I think it's a trap. <laughs> but this is, uh, <laughs> this is a piece of advice that I feel comfortable giving. Um, because I was talking to Nick about it and he was like, this is really good. And I was like, okay, I think it's common sense, but I'm going to, I'm going to give it as advice as if I have thought about this with sage wisdom, please prioritize respect over commonalities. If you see a couple that you respect, you respect how they talk to each other. You respect how they live their lives. You respect how they respect their marriage and their jobs and their lives together. Find ways to be their friend over people that you share things with. If you guys just like a lot of the same things, that's fine. But make sure that you don't prioritize that over the important things. Because it's very, very, very common within your first duty station to 
befriend people that really don't know what they're doing either. You're all drowning. Yeah. You're all brand new yes. couples. Like, don't grab onto each other. You know what I mean? You want a lifeguard. You don't want to grab onto somebody else that's also drowning because the whole point is to get out of it together, right? Because <laughs> yes. the one thing people don't talk about is how common divorce is in military families. I want to say it's some egregious number. Within five years, it's like insane. I don't yeah. know anybody that was married that when we were at Travis or excuse me, uh, bowling that got married and are still together with that first spouse. Oh, besides wow. one other family. Wow. I do know another couple that are still together, but they were married to other people before they were married to each other. And they've been uh. married for a very, very long time. Uh, but I want to say like eight years or something like that, maybe even nine. It's been a while. But it they weren't each other's first spouses. And I think there's only one in the squadron that Nick and I were in that are still together. And... People were taking like bets on whether or not we were going to be together or not oh because gosh. that is how ridiculous it Rude. can be. It can be. Well, everyone's still trying to figure their lives out. And so yeah. you can get lost in the sauce and just lines can get blurred. So it's incredibly important to find an, your North Star and your anchor yes. and emulate those things that you respect rather than just try to pass the time with people that you get along with. Yeah, yes, very much so. That is so true. I could not agree with you uh, more. Like, Because that's really hard. You can make yeah. mistakes, right? And then it gets messy. Yeah. And then you're having like barbecues and all this types of stuff. And then something creepy goes down where you're like, oh, I don't like what he said. Yeah. And you're like, oh, man, how do I distance us now? And it's just... It's just messy. There's just that yeah. word that just keeps coming up. Messy, messy, messy. So it's really important to try to find your lifeguard to pull you out of it <laughs> yes. rather than grabbing onto another person who is also drowning. Because that's yes. something a lot of people are not going to tell you about is how vulnerable your marriage is at your first duty station. Yes. It's it's not something anyone wants to talk about. If Everyone acts like your love is so eternal because... I mean, shoot, you left your whole life behind for this person. How could it not be? But it is. And it can, holes can get poked in it by the hours that he works and the isolation that you feel from your family, friends, and your spouse and your life and your personhood and, and all of that just because it's hard. Being a newlywed is hard in general, but throw this on top of it and you're in for a ride. Yeah. So, if you're a family member or a friend of somebody that is a new spouse, please reach out to them and know that they could be struggling and posting all the beautiful things on the socials, but they're never, <laughs> right. they're probably not going to talk to you about it. No, nobody, most people do not air out their dirty laundry on Facebook. I mean, I know no. there are the select few, but <laughs> yeah. we're not here to talk about those people. They're <laughs> doing whatever they want, you know, that's fine. But like, People only show the good stuff on social media. It's true. Social media. So you don't necessarily know who is struggling and who isn't unless yeah. you reach out and just say like, hey, man, you good? Yeah. And you know, it's that's really, all it takes. It can be very embarrassing as well because you don't want to act like you could be having a growing pain yeah. when you've already done this. You know, it right. creates a certain level of anxiety 
because mm-hmm. when you start to go through very natural, very normal pains of forging a life together, I know that for sure, for me, anytime we got into a big one that felt like it was a big fight, which it was, you know, felt insurmountable. I was like, oh my gosh, did I make a mistake? Yeah. Like, did, did I make a mistake in, in, in doing all of this? Which is, I feel like a very normal, normal thought, but it yeah. creates this shame isolation that yeah. you can't talk to anybody about it because nobody's saying marriage is hard. So in case anybody needs to hear it for the people in the back, marriage is hard, <laughs> really freaking hard. And I will say this too, getting married is the easiest part. <laughs> yeah, Staying yeah, yeah. together is the hardest and divorce. I mean, I don't know situations or anything like that, yeah. but divorce is kind of an easy way out sometimes too. So like if you can make it work and you're willing to put in the work, it's worth it. But it is so hard. Like that's what it is. Marriage takes work to stay together. You have to work together. You are a team. If you can't do it, it just won't. You have to be open. You have to be honest. You have to have that communication, that trust, that friendship. Yeah. That's honestly the biggest thing is so many people talk about my marriage and the one thing that they tell me over and over and over again is you know I don't know how you guys do it whatever like anybody else I don't I don't know um but they'll say you guys have the best friendship and yeah do I miss like the romance I can't even recall what it would be like to get proposed to like that you know what I mean like I can't even (laughs) recall who is that person she did like I don't even know however the friendship is mm-hmm. what keeps my life my life. Yeah. Because I don't know anybody that can go off on their spouse the way that I have gone off on Nick or <laughs> he has gone off on me. And we've both just started all of our worst fights, right? I'm talking the bad, bad ones usually end with us laughing because mm-hmm. not in like the sweet way, like, oh, we just come around to it. No. Like, I just like what's wrong with us? We're so, yeah, <laughs> like we're so <laughs> immature. Someone will stumble over a word and we'll be like, <clears throat> What did, what did you say? And then it just gets worse. Like the other day, Nick was arguing with me and I say arguing with me because I was right. And (laughs) he was saying something. He's like, well, yeah, you know, Sophia, I have, this is his voice for right now. I don't know why, but like, I have have perspective now. I'm like 10 feet back. He meant 10,000 feet back. But then all I did was look at him and then immediately because of who I am as a person, start to eyeball measure how far 10 feet was. And he's like, don't measure how far 10 feet is. It's not that far. (laughs) That's not what I mean. And then we were laughing about it because 10 feet isn't far and things look the same at 10 feet back. (laughs) Yeah, that's so true. But that's what keeps us working. So it's very important to keep the romance. I mean, we're trying to do that with our marriage. That's really freaking hard. But the camaraderie, the teammate situation, the companionship, that's what's going to carry you through. So remember that. Try to nurture that more than anything while you're in this phase. And every time you feel like you're coming off track try to recenter yourselves because really this is going to be the best opportunity that you have because at your first duty station despite the feeling you have the least bit of responsibility you're probably ever going to have so take that (laughs) That time to be indulgent and enjoy each other and that's why it's really important for you to find the right friends as well um because you're going to need people to encourage you to do the right things 
you're just going to. You're going to need people to remind you to take the date night and to do that because, I mean, we don't. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I can't wait until we can because it's just, it's going to be like dating a fully new person. Whenever yeah. we get to, it's going to be like, oh, hi, I'm a mom. <laughs> I'm oh, not I don't know, know what to do. I won't, yeah, I won't know what to do with my hands. Like, yeah, I like, do I, I do I have to wear regular pants or will yeah. stretch ones work? <laughs> <laughs> it's just horrible. But it's yeah. really important for you guys to center with each other and center within yourselves if you're a spouse. If you're struggling, which is very normal, um, again, I don't know how many times we have to tell you. It is normal. You're going to feel lost. Everyone is feeling lost. You're all just feeling lost together. So try to find time to figure out who you want to be. Read the book, volunteer, get a job, do all of that so that when your spouse comes home that you can pour back into each other. Because that was one of the hardest things as well is when we were hoping that – I know for me, I would want – Nick to connect with me and he was just so tired that he he didn't and he was he was exhausted and I think that that's another thing for service members to remember as well is like even though you're tired this is the and I think most men I've spoken with feel like when you get married it's the finish line and I'm like oh no 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 it's the starting line (laughs) and that's something that Nick has you know come to see but I feel like you've still got to find a way to pour yourself back into it. You do. Yeah. you def- Both of you do. Because you're sitting yeah. at home waiting for him yeah. to come home. And he's at work. And it's your first base. So he's stressed out because he has to be in upgrade training. And he's learning his job and everything. So when he comes home, it's like you're ready to go. And he's just exhausted. So you have to be... Mm-hmm. Um, empathetic to each other's situations and circumstances and make sure that you leave enough to pour back into each other for sure without a doubt yeah because I think that's hard too is that when I came on board with Nick he felt like he was gaining a piece of home and I felt like I was losing it not Mm. because I wasn't being with him but because of the shock of everything else you know the the water changes, the food changes, makes you sick for a while. My skin changed, my hair changed, everything. It's all just yeah. you feel lost. And so it's helpful to be able to anchor yourself within those few people. Yeah, most definitely. Do you have any pieces of advice for the fresh baby spouses? <sighs> I don't. I mean, I do. I feel like we just covered all of it, you know. It's just You know, like, don't give up. Put yourself yes. out there. Oh, yeah. That I was just, something we talked about in the other one that we didn't talk about here. Yeah, that's okay. Put yourself out there. Like, you know, volunteer, um, go to the squadron picnic, you mm. know, get on Facebook, reach out for a coffee date. Put yourself in those uncomfortable, and maybe they're not uncomfortable for you, but for me, they make me <laughs> very uncomfortable. 100%. Put yourself out there because... Your friend, like your best friend, just isn't going to magically show up at your door and be like, yo, we're friends. Like, you have to put the work in to make those friendships. And sometimes you'll find some bad seeds, and that's fine. You don't owe them anything. They are not an obligation. If it doesn't work, move on, find someone else. Yeah. But when you do find that solid friendship, you'll know, and it'll feel so good and so right. And 
that person can move across the world and mm-hmm. you'll still have that connection. It's a connection that is a lifetime connection. And I'm so thankful for the military for that because I have met the most incredible people and I know that we will forever be in each other's lives and it's, there's just something so special. You can't even really describe it until no. you've like experienced it. But trust yeah. me, it is worth the work when you finally go through that process and it comes to fruition. Yeah. And that friend is waiting for you too. You, you know, yeah. everyone is waiting to find one another and it's such a challenge. But the thing that I love, like you had said, I'm so thankful for the military for that because there are people that I cherish that I would have literally never in a million years come across their path had we yeah. not all decided whether you joined or decided to marry someone where we said, like, all of us are a little bit tweaked to where we're like, oh, no, for sure. For sure, we'll do this. We'll keep uprooting ourselves and our children (laughs) and our family for very nominal pay, for sure. And the danger, great. Like, all of that is very specific. So when you find that person that you can rely on, do it. Because it's so good. There are people that I have, you know, distant members of my family that I – I I wouldn't leave my kids with, but I would leave my kids with you or I would leave my kids with yeah. Kelsey, you know, like other people like yes. that, that you're like, That's you would so just true. drop them off and you're like, fine, you're going to be fine. You're fine. Yeah. You're fine. Like you don't even have to ask really like, do they have medicine? Great. And then you just keep it moving. Whereas yeah. if I would be terrified and honestly wouldn't do it for like certain members of yep. my family. You're like, okay, um, so you know what? I feel like she's three and she can watch the 16 month old. It's going to be fine. Yeah, yeah, they got it. <laughs> yeah, it's but true. The, it's just such a very different and very special connection. And these connections, I cannot impress upon you. You need these. You need these yeah. connections so much because you're going to be disengaged from your husband or your wife or your service member so often that you need these other things. While my husband is gone and Lacey's husband is gone. Look at this prime example. We need each other. So we're going to support each other. And when things get ugly within your marriage, when things get great within your marriage, you're going to want to be able to just lay it out there so that your other friend can tell you, I've been there. You are not suffering alone. This is a very common growing pain. Also, do we kill him over this or do we wait? Because you need somebody to hear your heart and carry your burden. And the best part about all of this is I know that there are times when I feel like I'm falling apart and I feel like there's literally nothing else that I can take on. And then one of my friends calls me or texts me and says that they have something. And then I find the strength and I shelve my pain so that I can help tackle theirs. And there is no greater love than when you can do that for somebody and you don't think twice about it. Like that's how much I love my people and that's how much these people love me is that Mm -hmm. when I'm breaking down, they will move mountains and shelve their pain for me because they know that they only have 10% left and they can survive with four. But they know that I can't. So they give it to me and we swap it out and we try to carry each other because there's just times where we our husbands can't carry us. So we carry each other. And that's a special kind of love that you can't find anywhere else. So go find it. 
Yes. And um, one more thing. Um, a dear friend of mine told me to allow yourself to have some grace. Oh. Her name is Sophia. <laughs> oh, and no. I take it to heart. I try to tell myself that every day, like, give myself some grace because I am so hard on myself and be nice to my friend yeah and (laughs) circumstances and stuff so if it doesn't work out or you're having a hard time like remember the position you're in and that it's not easy for everyone to go through and that it's okay to feel the way you're feeling and that tomorrow's a new day and to be nice to yourself and give yourself that grace because we're so hard on we're so hard on ourselves so that whole allow yourself to have grace has really just stuck with me. So oh. take take it and heed it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's true, though. Try really hard to treat yourself the way that you would treat a dear friend. Give grace. Yeah. Have patience. Cut yourself that slack. But when you know you need it, be your own kick in the pants to get out there and meet your potential. Because it's so, so, so important. Oh, that makes me so emotional on here. And I feel like it's so rude that you brought it up. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I'm not crying or sweating. I'm fine. (laughs) Well, with that, now that we've uh, bared our heart and souls for everyone. Oh, my God. I also love you so much. Okay, so we're going to go to the pit now. (laughs) Let's do it. Let's. We need... To pull ourselves out of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we can't live here for very long. No, we cannot. So do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Uh, I'll go first. That's fine. Okay, um, let's go. Because I have it actually written here. So let me just check that off. So, Like I don't? Oh, do you have yours? That's a funny thing. <laughs> Lacey and I uh, always struggle with getting the pit choices, which is so funny because that was the whole point of what felt like anchored this podcast, which has turned out to be incorrect. <laughs> um, but my first song is um, a song called Everything Is Alright by Motion City Soundtrack. Oh, I just love them. It's really, really good. And if you have not heard this song, you need to listen to it at 10 and do Ooh. it in your car so that when you need to air drum, you can. And you can do it on the steering wheel with conviction because yes. it is such a, such a good one. And... This is a song that I have vivid memories, sunshiny memories of driving from Colorado because we picked up Nick's childhood stuff in Colorado and moved it to D.C. Um, uh. And we wore it out in the middle of Ohio <laughs> because it was uh, it's seriously just such a good one. Yeah, it's a great song. Excellent yeah. choice. Well, let's go back and forth. What do you have? Oh, ooh, switching it up. Yeah, let's. Okay, so one of my songs is called The Middle by Jimmy Eat World. Are you kidding me? So and good. I know, it's just, it's such a upbeat song. It's so good. So iconic. And, I mean, the very first line is, hey, don't write yourself off yet. Like, yeah, hang in there. You're just kind of in the middle of it. It just takes some time, you know, like. And so that song just really resonates with me, especially like as someone who is in the middle of trying to figure out what the heck is going on, where they are, who they are, this new life. It's just like, give it some time, yo. You'll be and good. quite literally in the middle of a 365. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, exactly. that's just quite literally in yes. the middle. Oh, that's such yeah. a good choice. Oh, yeah. man. Thank you. 
My second choice is by a band called the Kaiser Chiefs, and it's a Ooh. song called Never Miss a Beat. Mm. It, and I discovered them when they were live. I'd never heard of them until I saw them live with Green Day in D.C. And <gasps> it was such a political time because, you know, everybody was so sucked into the election and it just made everyone so angry and they were the only part of that concert because even Green Day got a little like yeah I'm Green angsty. Day is uh pretty pretty yeah. political they were yeah. really noisy about it and I'm like come on like just that's not why I'm here you know I just want to rock yeah and the Kaiser Chiefs came out and they did a conga line and they just really really brought it and they I fell in love with them so please give them a listen it's totally worth it I love most all of their music but never miss a beat is never miss a beat is really good and the beginning of that song is just a foot tapper for sure it's really really good to get you into the mood of anything that you need to dance it out rock it out solid choice yeah okay so my next song is a song by a band called a day to remember and the song is called if it means a lot and this song i played on repeat while Corey was at basic um it's pretty emo and cheesy it has a male singer and a female singer and He's talking about being away and missing her. And then she comes in and she talks about being him being gone and missing him. And it just, every time I hear it, it takes me back to that time when he was at basic. And it's super cheesy, but it's really good. That's very sweet. I know, right? I, I don't have a single sweet song. <laughs> Actually, this is a sweet memory, but this is going to sound ridiculous. It's for my dad. Um, So I... The best part about living in D.C. was when we were there. My father had a lot of business in D.C. Mm-hmm. And he would visit a lot. And I didn't grow up with my dad. So I got to do the very normal things with my dad for a very short amount of time. I got to go mm-hmm. like on weekday dinners with my dad. And he would come over to the house. And it was the greatest. So my last pick is Jesse's Girl by Rick Springfield because Aww. he used to honestly he was like the ultimate car rocker. And so it's just so special. And every time we play that song, even the kids get into it in the car. How can you not? It's just so 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 good. So that was my final pick choice. Yeah, that I mean, it's classic rock. Like how can you go wrong with a choice like that ever you can never go wrong with the choice i don't like that. think you can the arena such rock a good choice it, yeah oh, that uh-huh. sound is so yeah. good so well good. i have some honorable mentions on my end katie perry came out with i kissed a girl while we were there um oh, no. which was very funny because i remember it when the pope came to visit that was when i heard the song for the first time Um, Nick also played out the killers a ton while we were there and there's another song that Nick used to play all the time and it is called Shake It by Metro Station and now I'm going to let Lacey tell you the story of her infamy of how she made a Cyrus cry and got blocked on Instagram Oh, I always forget about this, and then you bring it up, and I'm like, yeah, I did I will literally never forget about this, okay? (laughs) Literally never. So this guy named his name is Trace Cyrus and it is Miley Cyrus's brother and he is the lead singer of this band called Metro Station and once upon a time I followed him on Instagram 
and he posted this like song clip that he was writing and it was awful it was like talking about being at a bar drunk picking up on a girl but it like even the music was just not good it was like oh I can't even it was like fully horseshit yeah taking a spoon and putting it inside like a can and like banging it around and it was just (laughs) trash like I don't know it was so oh so bad so I was like yo dude uh, this is no good Uh, this sucks um and he immediately blocked me and to this day I still cannot get on Trace Cyrus's Instagram he doesn't like me I guess he didn't like my uh constructive criticism oh man well three has off for you yeah, That's so awesome. basically, yeah, basically, I know Kevin Bacon is how that works. It's a seven <laughs> degrees of separation of Kevin Bacon. Yeah, that's my claim to fame. Um, so my third song is super emotional, um, and I think it's something that anyone can relate to. It kind of reminds me of just like growing up, and my song choice is by Miranda Lambert, and it's called "The House That Built Me." Ugh, you're so Ugh. deep in the feels today. I, I know. So emo. But it like anyone, I think, that has a soul, that song can resonate with them. Um, and so when you first come into the military and you pick up and you leave everything you've ever known behind, your family, your friends, yeah. that song is just like, oh, right in the feels. You leave part of yourself behind. It's like having phantom limb. It's like you cut that person out so you could make room for this new person. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shoot. So those are my songs. So deep. No. Oh, man. You really just come in with these ones, which is very funny to me because you always say that you're not the vulnerable one, but then you'll come out with things that are like the only way out is through. And I'm like, oh. I I have a tough exterior. Okay. And every time you say something like that, I'm just like pierced. I'm like, oh shoot. I know. I'm bleeding everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's so Listen, awful. this podcast is kind of forcing me to let that guard down just yeah. a little bit. Like, it kind of, it's not a bad thing. It's, it's not an easy thing. <laughs> no, it's really, really hard. And I think that that's something that people should know as well is that we're really trying to do that because we aren't we aren't very um soft I'm trying to say yeah like (laughs) we well we're not very uh I don't know the word like vulnerable it doesn't good with feelings vulnerability (laughs) I would say I'm actually pretty good with that but a lot of counseling a lot a lot Mm. of counseling guys yeah but I'm not good living in that space. I'm very good at just recognizing what's going on and kind of muddling through it, but I'm not good at practicing it the way that I should. So mm, this is really helpful. <laughs> this is really helpful for me mm-hmm. to remind myself, you know, that this yeah. is hard and to try to and, be open and vulnerable and, and do right. all of that because that's something I'm trying to practice and it's easier yes. said than done. Like I can tell you to have grace and tell you to be nice <laughs> to my friend. I and can, I can give tell you all, you all the that. advice. <laughs> I can tell, well, I can pair it. Yeah. Therapists very well. Yeah. But it's not so easy when you have to love yourself and you should no. love yourself as much as you love your friends. So it's, yes. this is hard for me to be able to say like, hey, 
a lot of people say to us all the time, like, you guys have been together since you were kids because this is we're coming up on 14 years together. And it's true. Like, you guys are perfect. And I'm like, oh, man, if you (laughs) only knew that it's not perfect and it's a lot of work and I appreciate it, but it's not you have no idea the what we've had to do to get here. You know, it's it's not you don't luck into a good marriage. Nobody does. No. You bleed all the way through. (laughs) You do. (laughs) Well, with that being said, you guys, I'm sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) No, that's okay. I was was going where you were going, so let's just go. (laughs) Look at that. That's so good. With that being said, you guys, please participate on our Instagram because if you don't, um, it's just going to be Nick, which is great. He is the best and we love him. Um, but if you would like to be heard, please participate so you can get shout outs as well. Yeah, we need a little more filler. Um, that's not from Nick. <laughs> yeah, so it's just not going to be a whole segment about how we talk about the how Nick he show. fights with us. Yeah. <laughs> so for a reminder, um, our Instagram is rock and roll with it podcast. And if you head on over there after we post, um, after our episodes clear, um, and they're fully posted on the sites that play our show um we will have a lot on there we have um pictures from things that from songs from the pit we talk uh on our stories about our episodes so go on over take a look and start to participate so that we can include your guys' stuff and feedback and things like omg that's so meme and give you a good shout out yes please do because like i said if if you don't it it might turn into the nick show oh no it will problem (laughs) but it's it's not called the nick podcast so he really is just (laughs) the biggest fangirl about this he i need to get him a t-shirt he is the sweetest it's so sweet he really is the best we love you so much oh and if you do listen please rate us so that more people will have access to the show yeah the ratings and reviews really helps us on our end so if you have a moment just give us those little five stars and then write some nice words about us that would be super fantastic we appreciate you and love you forever absolutely for always and ever All right, guys, until next time, do your best, try your hardest, and rock and roll with it. Bye.